Yes, folks, it's Thursday. Wow, we actually have the applause work right there. Everything's working right. I'm kind of wild there. Um, it's Thursday, 2 p.m. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... Today's uh, my co-hosts are Ray Pillar and Elizabeth Denham, and our hey, we've got a special guest today, Angie Crowther. So why doesn't everyone come on down? Assuming I can get all my um, you know, fingers clicked. So now that everyone can see you, Ray Elizabeth, how are we doing? Great. How are you doing, Fred? It was really smoky last week. Um, I saw that on the news. Yeah. It's not like we get like, you know, burning 900 degrees, sweaty, that where you can't feel, you feel like not moving heat. You and Ray both know what it's like. You just kind of sit there breathing and you perspire. We don't get that. Mm -hmm. We just get. Yeah, we get that. You know, nice 70 degree. I'm actually cranky about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm very sick. Of, it's August, the end of August. You always get that annoyed. I'm sick of the summer. I'm school starting. Everything's changing. It's hot. I think right now in Alabama we have 88 degrees and it feels like 100. So I'm just gonna complain. I'm complaining today. <laughs> and Ray, what's We're it like in 90, the Grand Canyon? We're at 94 degrees here. Hot, sweaty. Terrible, terrible weather. I can't stand it, but that's the reason I don't go south. <laughs> I like it cooler. Yeah, because you'll be nicer before we will. <laughs> yeah, most, most people decide to retire in the south. I think I'm going to go to Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Northwest Territories, Yellowknife, Canada. <laughs> going for the snow belt thing, are we? Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> So why don't we have our guest, uh, Angie Crowther, CEO of Champion Educational Services, find out where she is and what's the weather like, since we're in pillars of weather right now. <laughs> Hello. Thank you, all, all of the hosts, for having me on today. I am in Reno, and for the last couple of weeks, we've been in solidarity with California with the smoke, but today, clear and gorgeous, 86 degrees. Nice. <laughs> I'd still prefer seventies. The smoke <laughs> is gone. The sun's out. We're past the foggy day. Soon it'll just be blissful sun all the time, and we won't have the morning fog that feels like weather to those of us who've actually experienced weather in our lives. And it makes <laughs> us say. Wow, the year does actually change, not one day after another. But away from that. Ray, why don't you lead us take us take us into the first question? 
pod. Let's do that. So, but first, I got to ask you, Fred. So, you can say California is all smoke and mirrors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I will, I will. I will tell you something that was said to me. I had been here three months, and I was sitting outside a church one day, and a gentleman who's, uh, I think, born and bred here, who um, had been worked in the police department in uh, East LA, South LA, uh, was fishing game. And he asked me what I thought about California. And I was sitting there and I was searching and he said, stop, let me, let me try it for you. California, California is a wonderful place, but it'd be a lot better without the Californians. <laughs> and I looked Isn't at him. And I, everywhere? <laughs> I looked at him and I went. It's been true for the last since I've been here four years, four four and a quarter years later. Still true. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm not, not going to delve on that any further. So Angie, tell yes. us about. Champion Educational Services. You know, when did you start it and what is it all about? My background is as a school counselor. So it's an educational business based on the principles of school counseling, which means that we offer services in three categories. We offer academic tutoring, all subjects, all grades, future planning, so college guidance and career exploration, and then social and emotional wellness. So we offer social emotional support and then referrals to mental health uh, options for kids. And when did I start it? That's a good question because um, my, my second kid is about to graduate from high school this year. And after that, I'll be able to put 100% into the business. So this means the business has been in existence for three years, but kind of on a slower path, a slower timeline, but um, I'm getting ready to gear up and go full time with it once all the kids uh, have graduated. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely keep you busy. Yeah. We, uh, I read someplace you're planning on expanding, and how are you planning on doing that? Yeah. I, I love that question because I understand a little bit about who's asking it. So um, I, I think I want to keep that in mind as I'm answering. Okay. Okay. So I'm in the stage of the business where the person who owns the business is delivering the service and doing the accounting, the marketing, the administrative, the future planning, everything. And my goal is to as quickly as possible move out of that stage to hire employees and to be in multiple cities and the other I, I would say the vision of it is that um, I would love to take it worldwide actually so a question that I have kind of in my mind all the time is what would be the structure of that right would it be a franchise would it be I don't know. What do you call it when it's not a franchise? Just the same company owns all the branches. Big company. A big, yeah, <laughs> multinational or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
So I want. I was looking at. Um, I have a lot of interest in this topic because mm. until this past May, I had three children in college. Oh, I wow. have one who's a senior this year. One graduated. So we have two in college now. One high school senior and a ninth grader. So we are oh. hot and heavy in the in the mode of exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I know this probably. I, this might have changed, but are, is your business model to do those things in person uh, outside of COVID? Because <laughs> I'm sure you're all virtual at this point. Yeah, exactly. Another good question, kind of from a business standpoint, because this was sort of uh, the answer to your question. No, it was always in person. But from a business standpoint, I always got a lot of advice saying, oh, you should do it. If you were um, if you could do it online, like on Skype or something, because we hadn't heard of Zoom at the time. If you could do Mm -hmm. it online, you could you could take this business all over the world. And my hesitation always was that there's a real power in that one on one connection. Um, I guess in the counseling field they would call the therapeutic relationship but in a situation like school counseling where you're not necessarily delving into you know deep psychological issues but you are you really need the trust of the student that you're working with I didn't think there would be any substitute for that kind of one-on-one communication trust relationship building so because of being forced to go online I have been pleasantly surprised at how effective it has been working with kids over video. And I don't know, it, a part of me thinks that's because they're used to video. But then another part of me thinks, remember when we used to be on the telephone and we could talk, you know, for hours to our friends or boyfriend, you know, you can, humans can connect over any medium. Um, so for the, for the foreseeable future, we will be online because of the pandemic. But even when that that um, clears up or whatever we hope happens with it, <laughs> I think I am going to keep offering the services mm-hmm. online. The in-person, while it had the benefit of being really like personable, it has a lot of challenges like travel, insurance, always having to have a parent or an, an adult in the house right. with you, those kind of things. Oh, liability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's that's hard that would be hard to overcome and the 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 online version certainly expands your customer base to anywhere you know i'm sure right now with the pandemic have you had an increase in in the need or in your um people seeking out your kinds of services because now that everybody's online parents are struggling they are and one challenge is i have uh potential clients and former clients they wish it was in person. So I think that's really what people are looking for is maybe not one more educational resource online. (laughs) Everyone's Mm -hmm. sick of their kids being online, sitting in a chair, listening to some adult talk at them. Um, What they would love actually is someone who could come to the house and actually interact with their kids, Mm -hmm. which I would offer if it wasn't a disease, I should say. Okay. I won't comment because I kind of thought that too. <laughs> but I won't. I won't say. So well, I think I mean, it's an important relationship. What you do is an important. I had not all of my children, but several of my children. One in particular was incredibly close to his high school guidance Aww. counselor. 
he would stop by and talk to her all the time. He checked in. He wanted to go to Boys State, so he hounded her of the application. He would go ask her what's new, what opportunities are there out there. He was my kind of industrious, self-motivated one. And um, I think that relationship is not often taken advantage of in I mean, I, you're not at school with them. You can't say, hey, go by there. And my, my one who's a senior has sort of picked up that mantle. But I think that people underestimate the value of this kind of support. Do you think that? A hundred percent. So two things came to mind when you were telling me that. One is it's such an exciting profession in one way, because an exciting area, because there's so much cool stuff for kids to do. So it just feels like this, kind of like Christmas all the time, like, oh, you could do this cool thing, and then go meet these amazing people, and then go try this. It, it just, it's really exciting. The other side of that is that th- there needs to be some education about why it is a valuable service. Like, if you say, oh, um, I think I might need to go to a therapist, or I'm going to try to find a psychiatrist, everybody knows what that is. But if someone says, mm-hmm. I kind of need the services that a school counselor would provide. (laughs) Maybe Mm -hmm. people would say, oh, you need your schedule changed? You know, I think it sounds like your son, maybe both sons, just took advantage of the best parts about this in career. So that's great. So He ends up going to Boy State? Wait, wait, time out, time out, time out. Yes, sorry. (laughs) Time out. We'll be back first. We're going to go to and do a nice little commercial. Okay, folks? <laughs> uh, Want to remind people they can uh, chat at either pillarsoffranchising.com or linklocalnetwork.com. We will get to our uh, listener online listeners' questions very soon. Uh, you can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And we want to thank uh, Feedspot for listing us as the top number one, as Ray would put it, 10, 20 franchise podcasts you must follow in 2020. Thanks to our listeners, our co-hosts, and our uh, guests for making us that way. Go team. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our 
exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are the Franchise Women. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. And we're back. So, questions from our listeners. Uh, could you describe your current customer base? Where do you think you'll have grown it in the next 12 months? And how, in the idea of either franchising or licensing, how will you be able to build client base for your franchisees or licensees when you finally do that? Okay, can we take those one at a time? <laughs> Tell me the Actually, first one. Actually, I thought again. I want, would rather have you if you would answer them in reverse order. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the middle one first. While standing on your hands yeah. and spinning around. That would be my yeah. preference. The video would be awesome. We'd go viral. <laughs> Oh my God. So our guest just answered, asked all the questions I was going to ask. <laughs> okay. So you said first, who is your client base? How, is large right? is, how wide is your client base? Are, are you, have you crossed multi-states? Are you primarily in Nevada? Um, how far has your client base reached out? Okay. So the client base for the, is currently mostly Las Vegas because yeah. I just recently moved from there to Reno. Um, yeah, I would say mostly Las Vegas. Every now and again, I get a referral where someone would say, Oh, can you take a question from a friend from out of state or something like that? And yes, we can, but mostly Las Vegas. Uh, and I built, I think I'm going with the question here. I built that client base through in-person marketing so uh, and, and networking. So I joined the Vegas Chamber and attended networking events and things like that. And the other way is through social media. And um, I should preface all this by saying that I am transitioning from the education industry to the business industry. So I'm trying to get like a business degree kind of from podcasts and videos and books. <laughs> so I would love any p input on what, what I'm saying, because I know you're the experts. Um, so what I have heard is social media is a great way to grow your business, but it's smart to kind of choose one or two to specialize. Otherwise it can be really overwhelming. So the two that I've chosen are Facebook because there are lots of moms on there and LinkedIn because there are professionals there. So um, as I get, as I extend the client base into Reno, I'll do that through the same thing. I'll be reaching out to mom groups here in uh, Reno, doing in-person when we can, networking. And then the other thing I do is reach out to school counselors. So I offer, we offer a, weekly newsletter of information that will help counselors out and we just send it through email um pretty low rate of return like um maybe i'll send 
500 emails and get three responses. But I was kind of okay with that because it, it takes so little effort to send an email. I just put information that I already know, send it on a list. Okay, I forgot the last part of the question. It was like in the next 12 months or something. So the question is, is no, the third question was how will you be able to, what's the plan assuming you start to license and or and or franchise, or I guess you could make it a, uh, if we remember our, the one sign guy, it could be a business opportunity. Um, you remember him, Ray, don't you? Um, uh, the sign? Uh, no. No. It Sorry. Was, uh, it was the, the one sign company in Chicago out by you. Uh, we had him on the show before we went to video. And he's, a, he's somebody I've known for a while, and he's going to kill me for not remembering him. But that was a business opportunity. So <laughs> it wasn't a, it was like a business in a box, but it wasn't a franchise. So assuming it's one of those things where it's either a business opportunity, a franchise or a licensee, okay. how are you, what are you going to do to uh, help your, your folk grow their, their client base? Because Ray will tell you there's a difference between um, knowing how to do it yourself and training others how to do it. A Ray, Ray A. That's right. <laughs> and in fact, what I'm understanding about a lot of entrepreneurs is that a lot of people start a business because they themselves have a skill, or or it could even be something like uh, you know window washing, which a lot of people can do window washing, but there's somebody who who got you know great work ethic, great technique, great great way of doing it. So it's growing, and eventually they need to figure out a way to teach the thing so that someone else can also offer it. And and I guess part of that is humility, right? Because everybody kind of feels like, well, nobody can do it like I can. So there's sort of some some humility, but then also some really good training and systems. Um, so the answer to your question is, here. here's my situation. When I hire people, they will be uh, teachers who are currently teaching honors college students and honors high school students. So sort of an infinite, I shouldn't say infinite, but an enormous pool of potential employees and our potential clients, student K through college. So again, an enormous pool of potential clients. So yeah, the challenge is going to be uh, what what could come from corporate to help out the ones who who are boots on the ground delivering the service. So things like making sure we have a good platform if we are doing online, making sure we've got great systems so that the the actual one who's delivering the service doesn't have to touch any money, doesn't have to worry about it. Um, making sure that no matter where we are, we are completely covered legally for liability because we deal with minors. So that's, you know, the great potential for harm if things go wrong. So we have to be real tight uh, um, up front. We have to just be in a sad way, thinking of every horrible thing that could happen and then set something up to prevent that no matter where the person is in the world. Um, I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. 
what would be the best format of, like you said, a franchise, a licensing, even like an independent contractor thing, maybe like, you know, there's a, uh, Fred and I know a guy named Hafiz Hassan and he does apps. And so we're in discussion about creating apps for this business. Mm. I mean, possibly it could be an independent contractor thing where we'll set up everything for you. You just go after work and tutor a couple hours, log it into your app. You know, I don't know. Mm. Any, any advice? <laughs> You're definitely in explore exploration mode right now. And, and uh, I, I think one of the things that popped out uh, from your conversation just now is who you're going to hire. Uh, and and I, th I think one of the things that is easy to quantify is a person's qualifications in a particular area. But one of the more difficult things to qualify is how personable they are and how, what is their emotional intelligence, how well do they get along with people. And that, I think, uh, with almost any employee that is uh, uh, out there representing your company to the public is extremely important because no matter how intelligent they are, how much background they have, how many degrees they have, you know, if there's always got their nose in the book and they're not being personable with people that uh, are out there, uh, you, you just won't be that successful. If I may respond to that, I ha that's something that I, I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about because I don't know when was the last time any of you spent a lot of time in a school. Probably, luckily, <laughs> no, not recently. <laughs> so I, I'll describe a situation, and I'm I, even though it's been a while, I know you'll know what I'm talking about. So you're a kid, and you're in a class, and the teacher acts one way. Then another adult walks in, especially if it's their supervisor, another adult walks in and they change completely, right? Mm -hmm. so, so a couple things. One, kids, can they can just tell if the person is authentic, trustworthy. They can just tell if the person is, um, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without, without saying BS, but <laughs> basically they can, they can detect it. They know, right? You can't trick a kid. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is sometimes, like you just said, someone could have, you know, teacher of the year, some kind of, uh, you know, oh, they were made department chair, they got promoted, they, they're a master teacher, all these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's because they know how to make, they know what to do to get their supervisor to like them, right? And that, that's not unique to education. Right. Yeah, just because the boss likes you doesn't mean you're great with customer service, right? <laughs> so I actually had an idea about this, and that is instead of going about the traditional route of posting a job, um, asking for a resume, getting letters of recommendation, I wanted to actually start by asking kids, who's your favorite teacher? Oh, yeah. Um, and then I had just a really kind of powerful, fascinating conversation with the teacher that I respect beyond words. And I just said, you know, when I'm hiring teachers, what's a trait or when I'm hiring employees, what's a trait I should look for? Mm -hmm. And like you said, this isn't so easy to quantify, but this stuck in my mind and this is what I'm going to be looking for. 
she said, you want people that when someone else succeeds, it makes them happy. I was like, oh yeah, of course. So in other words, it's not ego. It's not you made me look good. It's just this feeling of you're doing well and I feel such joy in that. Mm. That's, yeah. So that's the trait we're looking for. I, I, I want to, and of course I'll start with friends, kids, because I don't want to just be like accosting <laughs> random kids in the grocery store. Who's your favorite teacher? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have some system for it. But um, yeah, it's going to be really important the the soft skills like you said I, I'm probably every single teacher with a math degree can can teach algebra understands algebra and can teach algebra but how many of them have that you know that special quality so so interestingly I I, I have a little idea about um Please. the the survey thing with the kids is ask the moms you know, I mean, they're going to know who their favorite teacher, I know who my kids' oh, favorite teachers are. Yeah, so that's one yeah. thing you can do. You can do Facebook polls and all kinds of things. But secondly, um, I wanted to know more about this. You're, you're looking to hire t teachers who are current teachers. So you're wanting to hire them on a part-time basis at this point, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So in terms of your long-term plan and, and as a female entrepreneur, as, as most teachers are women, mm. um, is this something that you think about in terms of empowering women to have maybe a second career after retirement or oh. something that can transition from teaching full-time to doing this full-time? Because I think that, you know, you can retire after 20 years as a teacher when you're in your 40s. So just thinking of that, that age difference, when you're 45 to 65, maybe this would be a second career for some of these women. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, first of all, um, the reason I want to hire part-time or full-time, and they can do 40 hours if they want to, but the reason I want to hire teachers who are employees who are currently teachers is that that means they're licensed they have their background check, they write. So that covers a lot of things that I don't have to worry about. Also, it means they are getting the most up-to-date training on what's actually happening in the schools. So again, my business doesn't have to provide that, right? Um, but you're exactly right. I guess I never thought of it in terms of empowering women, more of... Um, Gosh, I can't think of a good way to say it. So I'm just going to say it how I'm thinking it. A good, I want them to be able to make some good, quick cash. So I guess that's <laughs> empowering. So you have a person who all day long serves kids, serves the community, serves the planet by taking care of these young people, teaching them subjects that I personally think are so crucial to critical thinking and democracy and all those things. <laughs> um, they, they just have this incredibly valuable skill. What I would love is for them to be able with no prep, no stress on their part, just go out and do the same thing you did for your full work day. Go out and do it for one or two hours after work and make some good money. Um, because what I, I kind of, in my mind, I have two populations that I'm kind of serving. One is the students and their families, of course. The second is the employees. So I want to hire teachers and pay them. I, I'm going to charge, I charge premium rates and I want to pay a good, um, a good rate to the teacher. And then also those honors college students and honors high school students, same situation. Those kids have already put in the work to master their subjects. They do well in school with no stress, go out and help an eighth grader 
go out and help a fourth grader who's having some trouble with math facts, whatever. Um, and, and pay a pretty good rate, you know, quite a bit more than minimum wage. Um, it just seems win, win, win. And well, I think it is. And I think that you can populate, you know, in terms of looking forward, if you go into the franchise model or any other kind of model, you, like my daughter did tutoring. Um, she was in an IB school here and did tutoring on her own. And I can't even remember how much she made. She, she just graduated college. But um, if she had not had to go out, like it was dumb luck that she found someone who needed a tutor. Okay. So if someone has you in their area and they don't have to go out and find these students to tutor and they're making twice as much as minimum wage that's at right. their ages, they think that's a ton of money. You know, the other thing to think about is this could turn into something long-term. If it's a job that they can do all the way through high school yes. and college, yes. maybe creating your next um, area, you know, franchisee or You're exactly or right. whatever it is. I've even thought a high school kid could tutor, you know, a little elementary kid. And of course that would need mm -hmm. a lot of, a different, um, a different model that needs to have an adult there all the time, that kind of thing. Um, a college student can tutor uh, high schools, a grad student can tutor undergrads, et cetera, et cetera. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, you could be creating your uh, own franchisee pool by mm -hmm. who you hire. So, so some, something to think about. I think it is a great opportunity for students who, who do do well in school. So for them, it's an easy gig, you know? <laughs> It is. And, and if your daughter did IB, then you know from watching her, she put in the work. She, oh, yeah. she paid the price to be an expert in her, in her field, basically. Why not <laughs> um, make a little money doing that? Do you, so let me, let me ask you, does that, what do you think? Does that seem like empowering women? Oh, absolutely. I, I think when you give a, a young girl the power, she had a flexible sketch, she made way more than she would, I had a son who worked at Smoothie King, you know, you're not going to make more than eight bucks there, which is yeah. fine for a high school student, but she worked less time, made more money. And if it had been something that had been able to continue, or if, if she outgrew those children or moved and you, you know, you're there to find her the next student, I think that is empowering to women. I think it's empowering to young girls. I love that. So, I mean, I think, I think that you could certainly have this sort of pay it forward attitude with the way that you build going forward. Um, you're making me feel like, wow, this is a great business idea. <laughs> <laughs> I should do well, this. Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, you know, when you get the right people involved, then it becomes something that's been you. Mm -hmm. I, and mm -hmm. let, me, let me say also, because um, let's not leave out the boys. There's a lot of research out there that says that boys struggle way more than girls do. And I don't know if that's, you know, after 18, that's true, but, um, you know, they have the, the high, they have higher expulsion rates, they get in trouble with the law, they have lower grades, those kind of things. So yeah, hopefully it's just, um, it, it would be kind of like, not a motivator to do well in school, but more of a, like I said, you've paid the price, you did the work, but a way to make more money in less time. With no stress. Yeah. Well, and if, if my son could have done it, you know, my son graduated the top 10 of his class. You know, all my kids luckily did, did well in school. Um, I think that would have given him an easier way. You know, when, when a kid can make more money for less hours and have more time to study, it's a win. <laughs> you know, and, and that, would, that would be a great selling right? point for you. Yes. 
right and also <laughs> completely so i think that that that's going to be so yeah it's so attractive to to high school and college kids i think yeah but he didn't know I'm anybody who needed a tutor you know <laughs> Yeah, well, and what I like about the model, too, is that, like I said, I, I charge premium prices, but eventually you don't have to pay as much for a 15-year-old as you do a 15-year veteran mm -hmm. master teacher, right? So what that also Absolutely. does is yeah. it makes it accessible. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, I would venture to say almost everyone can afford $15 an hour to mm -hmm. pay for tutoring, oh, yeah. like, once a week. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I, because that's sort of coming from the public school background, mm -hmm. we, we who go into public school for the, sort of the social good reasons, we struggle with the concept of taking money for what we do, because there's so much, well, of course, we would love to have been paid more, but <laughs> just mm -hmm. this concept, it, it feels like giving, right, instead of mm -hmm. doing it for the money. So, um, yeah, just just be nice to give that. I I, don't, I guess it's a reward, just a validation of how valuable the service is. One one of the things that uh, I'd like to bring up, and kind of uh, mentioning how important teachers are. In it, when I was in grade school, I had problems in the fourth grade. Hmm. Point where the fourth grade teacher was telling my parents that I was retarded. Oh. Okay, yeah. so uh, it's very important to have the right person. And what happened to me was that I made it to the fifth grade and that teacher told my parents, he's not retarded, he's a genius. Oh. So, you know, that was a big boost to my ego, of course, because <laughs> I was really feeling <laughs> pretty low. But psychology is so important uh, to uh, students, and then you mentioned that part of your, for lack of a better word, gig is psychology. You know, yeah, so school counseling is kind of the intersection between psychology and education, which, it's funny, I feel like a lot of the words that are used, like career guidance, personality mm -hmm. assessment, I feel like the words sound boring, mm -hmm. but the topic is so fascinating. It's all about who are you? What are your gifts and talents? Um, mm -hmm. What are your strengths? What are your interests? Every person is interested in something, which is interesting in itself. And yeah. then um, when you think about, yeah, like the words job, career, it sounds boring. Mm -hmm. But you think about from 20 to 90, when you wake up in the morning, what do you do? That's really the story of your career, right? It's kind of the story of your life. That's right. And it's sad that so many people have a story like yours, Ray, where somebody discounted them, discouraged them, maybe even sadly blocked them from something, which is the opposite of what I was saying before, which is the truth is every human being is just overflowing with gifts and talents. And there are so many opportunities. Humans are so adaptable, creative. Um, it, it's just, all the pieces are there for great things to happen. <laughs> um, just sometimes things like one person or a situation can keep you from it. Or how about um, like Elizabeth, I bet there were other kids who would have loved the same opportunities that your son had. They just didn't know about it. 
So in other words, well, and that's the thing you, you've really got to seek it out. And if you don't have somebody advocating for you in your corner, nobody, no other boys at this school, all the girls applied for girl state. None of the boys applied. He was the only applicant. Wow. I was glad he got in. It was, yeah. Oh, he loved it. It was a very eye opening experience for him because it was, it was at the university of Alabama and he had a much broader perspective of, humans because we live in a very small homogenous very homogenous area um which can be difficult so he got me and realized that even alabama has a lot of different people (laughs) so it it was life-changing and i think it opened a lot of doors he met a lot of he met the governor you know he met some politicians from from the state of alabama and it was a big deal so i that when you don't know to tell your child what these guidance counselors oh, have to offer or yeah. they don't have a service from someone like you who's dedicated to just that child, um, I think you lose out a lot. There's, there's a lot of value in building that relationship. And I, you know, my older two kids didn't really do that, um, but the younger two have. So I think that they've, you know, it's nice when they're close to their guidance counselors. You know, they can, they go to them for a lot of different things. A lot of information in that office. I love what I love. Yeah, and they they got great scholarships. So, Mm. yeah, good, good, and that's what happens when the counselor's aware of the students. They say something comes through the office, and they say, "Oh, I know somebody who does who could do that." I love that Mm -hmm. work. That's exactly it. So that's that's. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so funny. A lot. I just feel like a lot of these kind of jargony educational words. The words themselves sound so boring, but they're so rich and powerful. So I would say champion educational services advocate basically for the planet and humanity through advocating <laughs> for each kid. Because, I mean, think of, think of everyone you know. Like, Ray, that experience you told was just so beautiful. It, it's so funny how one person can see something negative, That's a right. liability, and the other is like, that's you're you're seeing that wrong. That's okay. Okay. Genius. All right. I, I've heard all this stuff. So I gotta say, Ray, <laughs> if you had been told in second grade you were a genius, would you be any more retired than you are? Would you be driving any bigger of a beast than you are? I mean, my God, you're bigger than the Kiss bus as it is. Oh my God. You'd need radar control and 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 jet engines just to move it. How much more? Do you want achieving your life, dude? Oh, no, that's not the point. The point is, if I didn't see my great teacher, I wouldn't be where I'm at. But what I'm going to say is, if your second grade teacher had said you're a genius, would you be any farther along? Or is it possible because they said you were slow, you worked your tail end off harder to get ahead, (laughs) which is why the teacher... (laughs) <laughs> some truth to that. There is some truth to that. I've, I've, Interesting. I, I've always, I've always been trying to prove myself, and I think it's because of my fourth grade teacher. Wow! So, oh so my gosh! Would I be at the bottom, bottom end of the BMI index if I hadn't had a heart attack? Mm. <laughs> Would I be in a in a health that I could live for another twenty years? If I hadn't had the heart attack and pulled my tail end out of my brain mm. and worked my tail off to get there. Again, we always say we want to protect the kids from any negative mm. thing. But yet, guess what, folks? 
we grow in pain. We grow in overcoming obstacles. Because nature ain't nice. So that's where we are. And now with that, we're going to head down the rabbit hole. Great. (laughs) So today's question comes in the artificial intelligence field because we've been doing a whole lot of aliens and I figure it's time to to, um, change it up a bit. So the question is, is how will artificial intelligence affect teaching or tutoring? And I'm supposed to answer this, right? (laughs) The other three ain't going to. Go ahead, Ray, Elizabeth. (laughs) It's all you, Angie. (laughs) And this is actually something I've thought about because I'm super fascinated by futurism and all these kind of like technological advances and what's possible, what's happening, what's emerging. So it makes me think, can we automate this? Can we program a computer to do it? And this goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, which is there's such power in that uh, Mm one-on-one connection. I'll tell you what you can automate and, and have AI do. Content, so just information, facts. Um, and that doesn't just mean something like, oh, these are the uh, geometric theorems. Okay, that could be automated. You could teach that without a human. You could even teach the way to think, like step-by-step thinking. You could teach that. But what you can't teach is to a computer is that stuff that we were talking about with Ray's teachers the fourth grade and the fifth graders saw the same data and interpreted it differently. And so I think that, that I don't know what it is. Is it the emotion that a human has that's able to look at a human being and say, okay, some people think that kid is a problem in class because he or she can't sit still. I'm seeing the next dancer, Cirque du Soleil member, (laughs) athlete, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm that there is a place for that kid and that kid's gift. Could that be automated? I, uh, I guess so, like um, for the general public, but that one-on-one individual connection and knowing the person, that's, that's, I don't think that can be delegated to AI. And, and that's sort of about what we were talking about earlier about emotional intelligence and you know, being able to interact with people in a realistic and, and good way. Yeah. Cause everything, like, as I'm interacting with all three of you, I'm what, what's in my brain is my childhood, my experiences with friends in college, but you know, the whole messy thing in there that has taught me about people. And so I don't know, you know, you know, who's a great example of this Fred. So if I may just say, I have never met Fred in person, but we are on a weekly uh, business networking Zoom. Mm -hmm. This guy, energy, creativity, humor, hilarious. So now in a corporate board board boardroom, yeah, look at those faces. What do you think? 
in a corporate boardroom, it normally becomes read between the lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, could you train a robot to say, oh, that Fred, he'd be great with Pillars of Franchise. <laughs> How no, do you know he, I'm you know, not a biosynthetically <laughs> programmed android? I could be an I android. Know. There are those You're, who will yeah, swear to God program. I'm an alien. Some of those people are on this call. But I still call them my friends. So, folks, with that, we will thank our guest, Angie Crowther, and a special thanks to my co-host, Elizabeth Denham and Ray Pillar. It's always <laughs> fun here on... Pillars, Pillars, Pillars of Pillars, pillars, pillars of franchising.